G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Alex, let's talk about what's happening with the property investment boom. And that means that lots of people are taking on huge quantities of debt. Mortgage growth up 44% in January this year compared to January last year. Australians piling into debt at a record pace. How do we actually glean some biblical wisdom on this sort of issue? It's a great question. As you say, Neil, uh, people are absolutely piling to it. I mean, if you rewind probably nine months, maybe 12 months, uh, a lot of property commentators were suggesting that housing might fall, you know, five, 10 percent, maybe even more. But what's actually happened is is the reverse. Uh, Since probably September last year, house prices have really started to creep up. And in February this year, uh, they've jumped up to 2% in a single month, which is the fastest, or sorry, the biggest monthly increase in 17 years. So huge increase. Uh, And as you rightly mentioned, mortgage growth particularly, so it's what we call new commitments to mortgages, is up a staggering 40% on last year. So massive, massive increase. Um, Now, what's, what's the trigger of it? I think the biggest trigger is what I call cheap money interest rates have never been lower you can now get fixed home loans at under two percent which is you know i don't think anyone would have predicted that five ten years ago um and so people see that money is very cheap and so they're borrowing huge amounts of money the other thing i think that's driving is there's now a fear of missing out there's a lot of people i i just detected in people's voices when i hear them talk there's this real worry that housing is just really going to take off and go up another 10 or 20% from where we are today and price more people out of the market. Uh, and we are seeing similar trends offshore. If you look at our cousins over in New Zealand, uh, their Reserve Bank believes house prices will rise a staggering 20% this year alone in New Zealand. That's the kind of crazy things going on. So there's a bit of fear kicking in. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very problematic, I would say, in the medium term. Let's look for some uh, biblical wisdom here. As Christian believers, you know, we want to get an opportunity and we're driven by a lot of the news reports and the marketing that's going on and uh, we don't want to miss out either, this idea of fear of missing out. But if you're applying some biblical wisdom to the idea of debt and of opportunity, how do you actually balance those? Yeah, well, look, and it's extremely important to me. um, The Bible has two key principles around debt. Uh, the first one is from Proverbs 22, verse 7, which says the rituals over the poor and the borrower becomes the slave of the lender. So the big risk, I think, at the moment, when interest rates are so artificially low and are unlikely to remain here you know, forever, uh, is that people take on way too much debt. Uh, and therefore, as rates rise in the future, and that may be a few years away, but when they do rise, um, that they then become enslaved to their debt. 
that's very problematic from a Christian point of view because obviously it handcuffs you in what in terms of what you can do with your money. But particularly as Christians, you know, we're called to live a generous life. And if your mortgage is too much of the percentage of your income, then you're going to struggle to live generously. Uh, and I think that's the big risk on taking out um, too much debt at the moment. So what I say to people is to typically borrow 20 to 30% less than what the bank is, gonna, is willing to give you. Because the first question people ask a mortgage broker is how much can I borrow? And then they usually go out and spend that full amount. So what I say to people is borrow 20 to 30% less than uh, what the bank will give you and make sure that the mortgage repayments are no greater than 30% of your income. Ideally even lower because you want to allow for a buffer that if rates were to rise, as you would expect they would at some point in the future, that you have that buffer in place. So that's the, the first thing. The second thing is just the biblical principle around guaranteeing somebody's debt. So the Bible warns in a couple of passages not to guarantee someone else's debt. So the classic thing we're seeing at the moment, naturally a lot of first home buyers are struggling to come up with a deposit. So they go to the bank and the bank says, oh look, have your can your parents guarantee your loan? It's what we call a family pledge. Uh, and parents obviously want to help their kids and help them out. So many of them pledge some of the equity in their own property, the parents' property that is, uh, so that the young person can get into the market. Now, the danger in doing that is, of course, the parents are putting their own home at risk too. And to me, um, that's potentially a dangerous area. I understand why parents want to do it. You know, they love their kids and they want to help them out and help them get into property. Uh, but the Bible warns that... Um, guaranteeing someone else's debts is a risky activity. Um, and so I generally counsel people out of it unless there's sort of exceptional uh, circumstances. So they're the two big principles. Don't get enslaved and don't guarantee someone else's debt. Um, and of course, just be practical from a budgeting perspective. Don't let it consume too much of your budget. Alex, we might be guided by what the Reserve Bank seems to be saying, uh, that interest rates are not likely to rise in the short term, talking another uh, two or three years before there might be interest rate rises. And that might be uh, perhaps fueling some of the excitement about taking on lots of debt. Uh, I mean, uh, those sorts of predictions, I mean, when we're looking for uh, those sorts of uh, factors and advice uh, from the regulators as to what is likely to happen, there's no other advice really to take on that. So how do you think we should be responding to the idea that, that interest rates might not be rising for some time and this may actually be a good time to be taking on debt? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Yeah, so it's true to say the central bank have come out and they've said that they won't put up rates for uh, two or three years is what they've said. There are other factors at play in the sense that ultimately the banks do control their own interest rates. Um, but yes, they get guided by the RBA. And of course, there's a lot of political turmoil if they don't lower their rates when the Reserve Bank does. Um, but ultimately, the banks control their own rates and they borrow a lot of the money offshore in order to fund um, uh, fund Australian home loans. And if that money gets more expensive due to you know a crisis overseas, like what we had during the global financial crisis, uh, then there's a risk that rates do rise in the future um, beyond the central bank's control, even though they're trying to obviously suppress rates. Um, so my advice to anyone who does take out a home loan today at these cheap low rates is make sure that in the first few years of the loan, you make lots of extra repayments. So as I say, don't borrow too much and make lots of extra repayments in those early years. The reason why, if you've ever looked at a home loan, the first few years, you're predominantly paying interest, not principal. So if you make extra repayments in those early years, then what you're doing is chipping away 
at the principal of the loan. Uh, and that way, when rates do rise, let's say in three to five years time, you'll have already paid off a bigger chunk of the loan as it is and putting yourself in a much better position to cope with higher rates in the future. So as I say, if you are borrowing at these, you know, unbelievably low levels, make extra payments as much as you can, you know, run a really tight ship for the first couple of years so you can get the debt down as quick as you possibly can and take advantage of those lower rates. Alex, oftentimes when we're talking about borrowing money and uh, we look for biblical wisdom, and oftentimes the biblical wisdom is cautionary, is there a balance in biblical wisdom that combines faith with the idea of taking risk and how you might even have debt into that equation because a lot of people might be thinking about the need for debt to buy a house and uh, we might understand that as being a good way to actually uh, raise levels of wealth. What are your thoughts here in in this balance that we might look for in, you know, when should I take a risk and when should I be cautious financially? Yeah, look, it's a great question and in some senses it's is it's, I guess a detailed way of responding to that. Um, the, f- the first thing is obviously the faith aspect of money. As a, as Christians, we need to trust God for um, our provision. So it's not our jobs, and it's not all these sort of things. Um, it's it's God's provision for our life, and that's a really important thing to understand um, in, in terms of having faith that God will provide for you. That that to me is the absolute starting point. Can debt then be used, as you say, to create wealth? And the short answer is yes. But to me, one of the, if you like, deceptive things in our society is that you need debt in order to gain wealth. And that's something, I, once again, I try and counsel people out of that logic uh, and say that there's lots of ways of building wealth without needing to go into debt. I mean, there's obviously using other assets such as uh, shares and so forth um, through having your own business, which obviously is not available to everyone. But there's all sorts of things you can do to create wealth without the need for debt. So if we're talking about building wealth for the purposes of, well, you know, of, um, you know, retirement and, and long-term goals, then you don't need to borrow money in order to achieve that. Um, I always say to Christians, look, Whilst debt is not sinful, it is a very much a wisdom issue. You don't want to take on too much debt and you want to heed the warnings of the Bible because so many people really are buying into our society's way of doing things, you know, this sort of Babylonic system, uh, and run the risk of having a very worldly approach to their finance. Let's see if we've got Alex. Alex, have we got you? Yes, we're back. Sorry, don't know what happened there. (laughs) So something in the line dropped out there. Got you on the phone now. Just recounting here for listeners uh, that bit of wisdom, uh, you know, borrowing less than the bank will lend you and uh, trying to keep your repayments no more than 30%. uh, of your uh, income. So, uh, and I was just, and I was just speculating there, the idea that uh, if you want to sleep well at night uh, and if you don't want to lose everything, uh, perhaps uh, alleviating anxiety and protecting the future may be actually why you would apply, apply this wisdom now. Yeah, look, ab- absolutely. And I, I think we've, our society now is very much geared to this theory and that theory is that you need debt in order to create wealth. And so, people just see that buying real estate with lots of borrowing lots of money is a sure thing and you hear the mantra 
of the property industry that housing doubles every seven to you know seven to ten years, um, which is really mathematically impossible because people's wages don't keep up with it. So the only way for house prices really to rise from here even further is that interest rates come even lower. And there is, of course, the chance that the central bank lowers interest rates to negative, which they have in you know Japan and Europe. Uh, hard to believe you can get a home loan in Denmark at, for 20 years at 0%. Mind-boggling to think about it. So they could always, it could always go up that little bit further. But now I think is a time for people to be a lot more cautious. If you've got debt, a home loan already, why not refinance it to take advantage of really low rates, uh, and then pay it down as much as you can, as quick as you can, so that you can um, be free. Particularly if rates do rise in the future, because you don't want to be caught when rates do start rising and whenever that occurs in the next couple of years. Good wisdom, Alex Cook. Let's just change direction just for a few moments. Uh, A question that came from listener Glenn, who says, is there anything that's almost as secure than the bank term deposits? Uh, That's uh, his wording there. Uh, The rates are so low right now. So uh, what are your thoughts here? I mean, uh, there's safety, isn't there, in putting your money in the bank into a term deposit, but, uh, but the returns are not great. Exactly right. At the moment, the as everyone knows, who's got cash in the bank, the rates are abysmal. You'd be lucky if you get half a percent. You can get one percent if you search around hard enough, but certainly they're unbelievably low. Now, the big attraction though of a term deposit is it doesn't fluctuate in capital. The, the capital movement doesn't go up and down. You know, you put in a dollar, you, you get back a dollar. Um, however, the, in reality, the returns on cash at the moment are actually negative when you allow for inflation. And when you allow for taxation, the average Aussie pays at least 30% tax. So on the miserly 1% you're earning, you pay tax on it. And then, of course, the purchasing power is lowered every year through inflation. So they're the two big things against term deposits. Now, there are alternatives, but they vary greatly in, in terms of risk. Now, probably the most obvious one is government bonds. And from a security point of view, if you, if you think logically, most people would agree that the Australian government it's unlikely to go broke anytime soon, right? Not for a very, very long time. So the Australian government, in one sense, is very secure. So if you put your money into a government bond, which is where you're lending money to the government, it is it is low risk. However, they can fluctuate in value. And this is the big thing to think about. It's not, if interest rates rise, as we expect they will at some point, and if inflation kicks in, they will rise, then bond prices will fall. And that, to me, is the risk you run with having uh, money in bonds. Now, there are bonds that are what we call inflation-linked. So that way, if inflation is what's causing it, those bonds will, will be hedged, you know, effectively protected to some degree against inflation. Um, one option I like is what we call floating rate type securities, um, where if interest rates rise, you'll benefit as the increase in rate uh, as, as rates increase. So that's an option as well. But where you need to do your homework here is around what we call the credit rating, the credit quality. So all that means is what's the probability of an organisation defaulting, like the government or a bank? And to me, you want to be in really high quality investment grade assets, such as what we call AAA or AA type investments. So that way, um, you're going to benefit from the income you get, but also your money is secure. The key thing here is you do not want to lose your capital. Uh, and so you do need to be very careful. The temptation 
with low rates is to put your money into riskier assets like shares and other things, which may or may not be appropriate depending on your personal situation. So you do need to be very careful. Really do your homework. Look at the history of capital volatility of the particular types of investments um, and stick to quality at the moment because you want to benefit if rates rise. You don't want to have your capital eroded as interest rates rise. That to me is the, the big concern people should have. Good wisdom. And just one last question, just to squeeze in here from Martha, who says, for quite some time I haven't attended church. I'm now starting to attend a local church and not sure when to start tithing. I enjoy tithing in my last church. Been attending this church for about two weeks now. Please advise. Uh, thanks, Martha. Uh, what are your thoughts for someone who is attending a church and uh, this idea of tithing? What are your thoughts here for Martha? Yeah, look, it's a great question. I mean, the Christian life is one of generosity. Um, and once you've found your church and you, you feel that this is going to be your spiritual home and it's going to be the place where you go and serve, uh, once you've made that decision, this is this is for me, then I think that's when you start you start giving and giving generously to the, to the local church. I mean, the local church is the arms and legs of Christ, of the body of Christ that God wants to use to go and reach people in our local area. And, and of course, beyond that, you know, supporting missions through our local church, all sorts of things. So as soon as Martha decides that that is my home, this is where I feel God wants me to be, as soon as that, you know, you've got feel that confirmation in your spirit, then you should start giving generously to that church um, uh, as soon as you can. Fabulous stuff. Uh, Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose, this segment on a Wednesday called Ask Alex. And you can call in during the segment or you can leave a message on our feedback line simply on the 1-800-316-316 number. And you can also uh, leave a question on the Ask Alex post on Facebook. You'll find that if you go onto facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Leave a question there. We'll address those in the weeks ahead. So, Alex Cook, uh, let me just say how do people can uh, contact you. Uh, Wealthwithpurpose.com, the Wealth With Purpose website. Free ebooks, the My Toolkit. There's free videos, podcast content at wealthwithpurpose.com. You can also connect with Alex through Facebook and also follow him on Twitter. Alex, thanks so much for your update today on Ask Alex on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.